You're listening to Divorce Literacy with the Divorce Lending Association, a divorce podcast where we dig deep into issues of divorce that center around the marital home, other real property, and divorce mortgage planning, helping divorcing homeowners and their divorce team make more informed decisions regarding home equity solutions during and after divorce. Good morning, Therese. Hey, good morning, John. How are you today? Doing wonderful. Thank you for uh, agreeing to join us on this uh, Divorce Literacy Spotlight. Oh, I'm happy to help. All right. So we are here with Therese Nicholas. She is a CFP and also a wealth coach and works with divorcing clients as well. Um, Therese, just a quick question. Um, leading up to working with divorced clients, how did you? how did your path go that way to start working with divorced clients? That's a great question, John. It was one of those things that I think I was kind of led to. And I started working with women in particular after a friend of mine lost her husband very suddenly. And I noticed that she was really struggling trying to figure out the financial aspect of things. And I kind of thought back to my background in my history. And I remembered an incident that happened when I was a little kid, and it was when my mother's sister got a divorce. And that was back in the 60s when people didn't get divorces. And she was leaving an abusive situation. And I remember listening to my mother and my grandmother talking to her and trying to talk her out of getting a divorce because they were worried about who was going to take care of her financially. And I think as a little kid, you know, you see things in black and white. And I remember being when we had family gatherings, if my aunt's husband came with her, which he usually didn't, I was always afraid of him. And really? it, yeah, and it wasn't he never did anything to me that I can remember, but there was just something about his energy that terrified me. And my initial reaction when I heard that she was getting a divorce was, oh, I won't have to see him anymore. Wow. And I think as I moved forward into my adult life and then working with a lot of women and divorced women just started coming to me. And it was so often that their story was very similar to what my aunt went through. It might not have been in totality, but there were fragments of it that were like reminding me. So they were triggering certain memories. And I thought, if it happened to her and it's happening to these other women, then I felt that there was a real need for women who were going through a divorce to get really good advice regarding their financial picture. So when they come to you, they so they all have the same story. What, how do you help them move forward to um, create their life after divorce? Well, a lot of it has to do with what they get for a settlement. Okay. So having them really understand their settlement and what it means in black and white is part of the big picture. So, for example, I uh, had a woman I was working with. I still work with her. But when she came to me, she was leaving a long-term marriage, like over 30 years. And she had never even so much as written out a check. So she had no idea whatsoever about the family finances. And her ex-husband said to her, he, he wanted to get the divorce, and he said, I will divorce you tomorrow. Um, I'll give you a million dollars if you divorce me tomorrow. 
And she came to me, something told her to question that. So she came to me and I said to her, if he's offering you a million dollars without any question, there's probably a lot more money involved. And she she had no idea. I mean, their net worth was well over $10 million. Wow. (laughs) So that phrase that he said to her cost him a lot more than a million dollars. Well, it did. And what was interesting is he realized her weakness was she had no idea about money. She didn't understand how money worked. She didn't understand what their net worth was. So a million dollars sounded like a lot of money, which it is. But when you have a net worth of 10 and you've been in a marriage for over 30 years, that's not even close to 50%. That's 10%. Right. So I helped her negotiate a better settlement. And one of the things that he wanted to do was pretty much give her everything out of his 401k as the settlement and a piece of real estate. So she was getting very little cash. She was just getting a roof over her head. And I explained that to her and I said, plus, anything you take out of the 401k is taxable. So it's not really that full amount when you get through with that. She had no idea what I was talking about. So part of my helping her plan for her future was having her really understand her present and get the best present situation she could possibly get so that she would be able to stand on her own two feet in the future. Yeah, I mean, I I can definitely see that where they wouldn't really understand because, you know, her role was definitely not the finance end of things. You know, and you see it with professional young professional athletes that have no idea what their money really is. They just think they can go and just buy anything they like. Exactly. Exactly. They think that it's a bottomless pit. And, you know, I try to explain that to everyone, whether they're getting a divorce or not, there's always a bottom line. There's always a bottom. I don't care if it's 10 million or $20 million, there's still a bottom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you got to lay it out to them, you know, because even if something simple, like they want to buy a house, a million dollar house, $600,000. It's just a number to them. They don't really know what it means to purchase that. Exactly. They don't know what it means. And that's, that's always a challenge is trying to get them to understand the whole picture of what does that mean in relation to your cash flow? What does it mean in relation to the lifestyle that you're telling me that you really want? So um, as an example, one of my clients came to me and she she had gotten a decent settlement from her divorce. And she said, I think I want to buy a house down the Cape, you know, as a place that I can go to, but I also want to rent it out. And she also got most of her settlement from a retirement account. I said, well, do you want to finance this? And she said, no, I want to pay cash. I said, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And I took an estimated number of what the house was going to cost her. Right. And said, now you have to factor in taxes, which is pretty much going to drain your account. You're going to have no money to live off of going forward because you've tied it all up in this potential rental home, which is not going to generate enough rental income for you to live on. Yeah. So you show them, you know, borrowing money, they can leverage what they need to do, um, opposed to draining their account. Right. And then if she borrowed, for what she wanted to pay, she couldn't afford that loan. Right. So, right. you know, even though to her, she's looking at her account and she said, well, I think I have a lot of money. Yes, you do. But it's not to take a lump sum and buy a big purchase with it. 
It's for right. you to live on for the rest of your life. You can't spend the same dollar twice. Right, right. So, you know, someone starting down this journey of divorce, I mean, do you have any like heads up advice that you would give them? Absolutely. So the first thing that I would tell them if they are pre-divorced, like they haven't even had that initial conversation with their spouse and assuming they're the ones that are going to um, initiate the process or, or make the first request, get a handle on your finances. Look at all your bank accounts. Do your own forensics. Make sure you understand what you own and what you owe so that you have a good idea of your net worth. And if you don't know that and don't understand it, pay to get help if you have to. It could be the best investment that you make in yourself. So where would they look for help? Like what type of, um, if they were going to say, try to find a financial person, like what, what would they look up in the directory, if you will? Well, a, a lot of it, when you're hiring somebody, it really comes down to personality and who you're comfortable with. Okay. So looking for a certified financial planner, number one, looking for a certified divorce analyst, that's another, but that's not, sometimes you could be a CDFA without being a CFP. I think being a CFP gives you a little more of a broad brush. Sure. Um, and that is usually a good place to start because if other professionals are needed, the certified financial planner can help you with that process so they can become like the hub of the wheel for you so you're not spinning the wheels and going crazy trying to find people. Yeah, so you you brought up a great point that when you're working with a professional, it has to be the right fit. Right. Because you're going to be working with them for months, possibly years. Absolutely. And you're you're uncovering your dirty laundry, so to speak. Right. And you have to be comfortable with that person to share all of that information. You don't want to feel like you have to hold back because you're not comfortable talking about something because what you hold back might, might cost you. Right. So that would probably apply for anyone part of the divorce team, whether it's the attorney, a mediator, same thing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It has to feel right. And I've seen people go through three, four, five attorneys in the process of their divorce because wow. it didn't feel right. And when every time you change professionals, there's a cost to it because you've already given them a retainer. You've already paid them for a certain amount of work. And often when you change, now you're starting all over again and it's making the whole process more costly. Right. Do you have a particular case that you remember that's impacted you, how you do your business going forward? I think there's so many of them. Um, when I look at kind of a combination, one that stands out to me is where the husband and wife, they were so far apart as far as they were not even close to being on the same page. The wife was really pragmatic. She really understood the finances, which is unusual. Usually it's the other way around. And her ex-husband was making the assumption that she didn't know anything. And okay. because of that, there was so much conflict because she was trying really hard to be fair and to explain to him, look, you're not pulling the wool over my eyes. I know where all the money is. I know what it, you know what's going on here. And I don't care how much you lie, cheat, and steal. I know the truth. And it took them about a year and a half to come to a meeting of the minds. And with that, it was really, I was working with her and trying to help her stay calm and not get emotional. Because if she got emotional, it was just pouring gasoline on the fire. Right. And it just showed her ways 
that she could very logistically, very calmly show him that she did know what was going on. The problem was he didn't. He was trying to fake it like he did. And I said, you can fake it till you make it, but it's not going to work in this situation. Right. So wow. finally, we were able to get them together. And it was just a matter of fisher cut bait. This is the deal. This is what she's offering. This is her proposal. Take it or leave it because it's only going to keep costing you more money the longer you delay. And finally, he relented and said yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Now, Teresa, if someone needed to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to well, reach out to you? I think the best way is through my website, with it, which is wealthcoachforwomen.net. There is a button on there to schedule a call with me for free. Okay. Um, they could also call me if they wanted, but the best way to reach me is through my website or through email, which is tnicholas at wealthcoachforwomen.net. Oh, that's great. And do you have a final thought you'd like to leave with us today? I think the final thought would, would be that I know that divorce, you know, it's easier to get into a marriage than to get out of one. Yes. So I think that if you can part as friends as much as possible, I think it's best for everyone, in particular, if there's children involved. And just try in advance, if you're thinking or contemplating divorce, the number one thing I tell people is be sure that you really understand your finances and what all of this is going to mean. And if you have questions, don't be afraid to ask a professional because it can be something that can really make a huge difference, even though it might not seem that way. Okay, that's great. Well, Therese, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us on the Spotlight. You are very welcome, John. Thanks for having me. You got it. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at divorcelendingassociation.com.